Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Welcome to Nick and Neil's uh, Summer History Show. Slightly different approach for this one listeners because we come neil to mourn the decline of one of the more, more fundamental parts of the match day experience the match day theater shall i call it uh the decline and demise of the match day program in particular the news that's appeared online um this week that next season 22 23 uh Millwall football club will no longer be producing a match day program in common with quite a lot of other clubs in in fairness um and like so much of modern life neil um you kind of get what you deserve on this because i was just trying to think before we started these this recording when did i last buy a match day program and it's a long time ago i can't actually remember so that's a picture of how long ago that it is since i bought a match day program and rather like attendance at a cinema going to your local pub buying a newspaper if you don't do it you can't really complain when it dies because economics is a is a is a relentless um judge but match day programs neil just don't sell like they used to um it's a it's, it's a it's a sad demise how do you i mean do you, will you miss the match day program mate i will miss the match day program uh, i i must confess i do buy them right uh I don't know why I'm a traditionalist, I guess. Uh, for me, it's very much part of the match day experience. And uh, yeah, well, also, it's something to read on the way home, isn't it? If you're traveling. Yes, it is. Back, yes, it is. Traveling back from an away game, you generally buy your programming, you whack it in your pocket until the long, arduous train journey home, and you start yeah. to read it if there's nobody else. Or there's no to talk to, yeah, and it's also a reference of you don't know who the opposition players are nine times out of ten, do you? So you have a look on the back of the match day program, uh, yeah, yeah, who's playing, but I can see why it's declined. Uh, but it's a very, very sad day. I, I think it's been on the cards for quite a long time, a lot of clubs have stopped doing them. Over the last two or three years, I think yeah. I think the football league it was a requirement at one stage that a club had to produce a match day program. Certainly, a non-league football hmm. requirement, but I think the football league 
abandoned that idea just before COVID. And, uh, and clubs jumps on it because they're quite, I, yeah, well, I guess they're quite expensive to produce. You need a program editor. You need to pay uh, contributors. There's printing costs. If you do pay contributors, some clubs do, some clubs don't. I don't think Millwall do. I doubt we do or have, no. have in the but, past. But you can tell a good program from a bad program, but it's just a sad decline. It's just something that, that that won't be there. It's another bit of football tradition that it is. That play and it is. It's family. a sad thing. Um, I, you know, I've compared it with um, some might think it frivolous, but you know, the closure of um, of uh, newspapers. It's, it's it, it, the internet is both a giver and a taker, and we've all gained a lot. Um, from the rise of the internet, but it's it's cost a lot of other traditional areas of life, and I, I think you know you you can't beat it. Unfortunately, it's 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 like the rise of the printing press all those hundreds of years ago. You you can you can rage at it, but you can't beat it. Um, are you, talking about non-league, um, that's non-league scene. I notice a lot of non-league clubs now put out digital programs, um, which I don't really. I, I can't take to them. I've looked at them. Invariably, when you're at the match, you're looking on your phone, Neil. It's and not the same. It's not the same. No, as that. it's not. It's the physical. Yeah, yeah, it's much the same way as printed books and Kindles and Kindle apps for your iPad and things like that. There's nothing. You want the physical copy in your hand. You want to smell the... Yeah, but the print gives off a, a smell. A certain vibe. Uh, yeah. It's also a physical link, Neil, to games. And I think this is the problem that we... we is that a problem? Is it a problem? I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking as a baby boomer listener. I was born in 1960. I come from a different time. And it's all very well for me to, to berate the modern generation. They live in different times. I, there's nothing you can do about it. But... Um, Everything that you both have everything now in the sense of physical access to games, you can see so much live football, you don't know what to do with it. The likes of the TikTok and the and the and the social media generally allows you to see stuff constantly in real time, pretty much. But I don't know that you have that physical am I romanticizing it, Neil? That physical connection to 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 a game, um, in quite the same way. I don't know. Um you can't recreate the past, I know. But just to give you a few numbers, um, if you want the problem illustrated, listeners, I'll check this with Billy Taylor before I did the show uh, with Neil uh, this afternoon. Um, average sales last season were just eight percent of the attendance. So just eight percent of people. You're you're in you're in eighty eight percent, Neil, of people to buy a program. Less than one in ten buy a program. That's down from ten years ago. Eighteen percent ten years ago bought a program. Um, of a typical order, uh, the club um, sell uh, of that print run. The club is selling only twenty five percent. They're giving away thirty percent to the hospitality guests and box holders, and the remaining forty percent are being um, pulped, left unsold. Um, advertising opportunities are slimmer because not so many people buy them buy the products. Um, it's all on, online. Um, when you factor in staff costs, it's become loss making over thirty thousand pounds. He says, uh, I've, got, I've, "I've got no detail on this other than Billy's um, reply to my to my message." Um, over thirty grand was um, loss was made on the program 
last season and um it's a consistent trend across the industry um so it's a tough decision as he says here um i can i can see the economics and i don't have an answer to it neil because you know if you don't bite yourself you can't exactly moan when there's a consequence but it does bring to an end a long long tradition i was trying to do a little bit of research into the the history of mill programs and as ever in these questions i look at lines of the south which um i don't know if you can beat this nil if you know differently but in lines of the south the very first known mill program was pictured there's a very faint picture mill versus wrexham played in december 1893 shortly after the club went pro uh, professional um and this looked like it's just a a, a double-sided sheet for to be honest um and that evolved into uh, one, one of our old players, Obid Cagill, produced a correct card. It was like a team sheet too, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. I think he was a goalkeeper. Served served the club as a director, I believe. Mm. Big name, yeah, for quite a few years. And that was the forerunner official eight-page program. Cost one penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different times. The the the, K, the Cagill's the Cagill's correct card. I mean, just just a. Be clear. I mean, obviously, uh, Kagil is unusual name. C a y g i double l. Obed. It was his Christian name, Kagil. Um, and he called it the correct card. It had like an apostrophe K R E C T. So it's correct, in imitation of the accent, obviously local accent. Um, you can see those. You can see them online. I mean, I think they appear from time to time uh, for sale. There's a whole scene of program collection. And particularly, you know, what should we call them? Not, not antiquities, but you know what the, the early days kind of um, uh, memorabilia of football. And these are quite sought after, Neil. Oh, Eddie Cagill's crack cars are knocking around. They're not easy to come by. I don't think. I haven't seen many for sale on, on in the various websites where you look. No, and they go for quite a few under a pound. I should I imagine. believe they do. I believe they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that Chris Bethel's got a large collection of them, and. I'd imagine Chris has, yeah, and, and I know Andy from uh, Sullivan, who I know is also a collector of stuff like that. I believe he's got some correct cards. These were the correct cards were effectively a double sided sheet with a, a, the team names on them with with adverts. Uh, Neil, the the adverts are wonderful. They would have like the George Hotel or the you know um, local pubs and barbers and whatnot advertising on around the edge of uh, of, a, of, a, of the two teams laid out in the old. Five three two formation. They're wonderful, wonderful things to see. If you can see one, listeners, please do to take the chance. Um, Obid Cagle being a player and then going on to make the program also is a great story as well, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's something quite homely about that idea that one of your players will actually print and sell what was a program effectively. Lovely, yeah, quite entrepreneurial, really. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 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 that he had the foresight to, to think, oh, well, yeah, but you can imagine the meltdown now if, uh, <laughs> you know, can you imagine Jed Wallace now staying on the strength of the fact he gets the, you know, he gets, the program, <laughs> he gets the printing contract for the program. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. I mean, there, there are, you can go searching on Google and you will see um in, in the images you, you just type in mill football programs you'll see all sorts of designs over the years um some of which are familiar I'm, I, just going back to that physical link now i well remember the first time i saw a mill program which was my first game 
Millwall v Portsmouth, and it used to be like a blue colour with like a black um, template image on there, and it was called Action, and it had like this kind of italic headline uh, action with a football on it. And as a kid, it made a big impact on me. It looked glamorous. I mean, we were not a glamorous club, but at that point, I was fully prepared to believe we could be because of this kind of 60s action pow kind of look to it with the, the teams on the back. Um, that was when you got the pullout inside. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Football League Review. Um, Football League Review. Yeah. Yeah. A number of years and then came back eighties as well, but but that was wonderful. It was full of just, just generic rubbish. club club news. Yeah, it was it was nothing very um, controversial. Uh, it was it was it was produced by the football league, and they were given uh, given to clubs to put into as inserts into their match day program. Quite a nice idea. I mean, this would have been the heyday really of program buying. I'm interested. Uh, one of the um, facts I picked out from Lines of the South is that the the first program shall we call it evolved out of um obid craigill's credit card for the opening of the new den uh the, or Coldblow lane in 1910 that was an, an official eight page official program which as we said already cost a penny and these would sell at the rate of twenty thousand. contrast that now with billy's um you know one in ten buying it so if you, you if you're selling one maybe yeah. one in eight for yeah. the propaganda <laughs> sorry <Maybe. but. laughs> Now, now, maybe that's a thousand sales. I don't know. Contrast it is quite a big contrast. Um, I mean, Neil, you're, you're you're a historian. You love to look at the old uh, memorabilia. There's nothing to beat an old club program for just the general feel and look. And any any club, we're we, we all so we we look at our own. But whenever you look at any of these old programs online, the adverts, the the phone numbers, the the commentary in the, like the editorials, they just give you such a picture of a time that's within, seems to me to be within, within touching distance yet gone now forever. It's, um, it's a shame. I don't know if there's a better word for it. That's a shame. Yeah, the club programme was actually, it was a way for people like Charlie Hewitt, bless him, to vent his spleen. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, long before Ken Bates thought of the idea, yeah, the, yeah, but at one stage, if you got on the wrong side of Ken Bates, you could <laughs> to be in to receive the full, the full frontal blast <laughs> in the program from the full Twitter treatment in the Cat Match Day program. You'd be yeah, named in there. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was like. But there's nothing quite like I like looking at old reserve team programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. Yeah. So you can see who played and who might not have made it and. Uh, who played for the opposition and just give it's just a wonderful it's just a wonderful way of of jogging your memory it, yeah you can look yeah. at them i know that people have vast collections and they say oh yeah no i don't look at them and then every time yeah but every time the missus wants to have a clear out <laughs> your program collection is first in line isn't it immediately in our sight do you collect them, Neil? I, mean, I, I, I don't. Do, do you? Um, have you? Do you? Or no, you... I got rid of a load. I'm, yeah, but I'm like everybody else. I got rid of a load when I moved. Yeah. yeah. Last, uh, but but to be honest, now I tend to keep them for a season, then chuck them away, put put them in the recycling at the end of a season. Yeah. 
No, uh, I, I used to. I used to, but I don't. It's pounds a game now, isn't it? Times that is, what, £120 a season or whatever. Yeah, it's a chunk. Um, Plus your away games. But, yeah, but it is a shame. It is a shame that they are so... They are so... They're space-consuming, aren't they? What I, what I would say, I don't know if this is a crit- criticism or, again, just the, the moanings of a baby boomer from a long time ago, but from I'm speaking from memory, and Neil, cor- correct me or leap in if you disagree, but programmes of my era, so I'm talking back from the 70s, 80s, and to some extent the 90s, were seen as fairly functional items. They 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 had a bit of comment on the inside. You had the manager's notes. You would have a an editorial or something of that kind, and then uh, match day photos, a, a profile of the opposition, fixture list, um, and not, probably not much more. The odd advert for you know whoever whichever company was was involved with the club, but they were they were. Short, sharp, and and functional items, and for me, somehow the better for it. The thing that I would bemoan is the evolution towards trying to compete in being magazine. Like, and you know, you, you mentioned three pound for a uh, a match day uh, program. Modern programs seem to want to aspire to be, if not GQ, but something going down that road of like a proper magazine, and we've we've lost something in that process. Yeah, it it was a way of communicating, wasn't it? You didn't have Twitter websites and no. And if you wanted to find and if you wanted directions to an away game, they generally had them in there. From the RAC, the RAC would have yeah. the most cursory directions. <laughs> yeah, just head up. Yeah, we just head up north, and you'll get there eventually. Liverpool's off the M6. Just head for Edinburgh Road, so say Enfield, you know. <laughs> and then just stop and ask somebody if you can't find one. But no, it, it was just yeah. Primarily, it was a way of the club communicated things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there were and there were interesting stories. They might have profiled older players and yeah, yeah. things like that. And it was just a way of communicating and. As she did back then, and yeah, uh, no, I, I, I across as, as other than the other than the South London press, and I guess it was something to read. You didn't have your phone to look at at half time, did you? Didn't or, get the no. I mean, now now you expect to get the pre-match team news. I mean, one of my rituals now is I download the uh, snapshot the, uh, the the um, the team news before kickoff. So I sound reasonably professional when I do this podcast business. Um, I just think (laughs) try to aspire to Um, the the thing I would say is that old programs are just these wonderful treasure troves of snapshots of a certain time a certain place and we're going to miss them as a consequence now that they're no longer with us Um, I just wanted to mention the the rise of um, fanzines which were strange as it sounds now because no one unless you get it for nothing on the internet neil no one buys anything it seems to me at, at games but the fanzine uh, scene began in the 1980s particularly with the rise of the um the lion roars and no one likes us um as a kind of reaction to the um the fact that programs didn't say much so they fans started to produce their own magazines to to say something you know they wanted to call it like it was and those two have been beaten in the end, I think, by the uh, the rise of the internet. It's it's been destructive in some ways, isn't it? The net. 
yeah, fanzines were fanzines were a way of of the ordinary fan, I think, mm. writing, wasn't it, and uh, getting getting his point across. Really, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I I got involved in making No One Likes Us, uh, and then after that, uh, CBL. Um, it's it was quite a physical effort. You know, you had to write stuff. You had to. I, I would lay it out. Um, I had no publishing or journalistic experience. You just do your best. Um, so, to some level, um, there was a certain charm to to doing that. Um, then you actually got to physically take the stuff to the ground and sell it. And it, it, it was it was quite hard work. Um, I, I kind of miss it and don't miss it all in in, in one go. Sometimes, listeners. Um, yeah, you just replaced it with podcasting, haven't you? It's much easier. Much, much easier. <laughs> it doesn't involve standing in the pouring rain or the or the blasting sun or being part of the match day furniture. This is this is one of the other points I just wanted to make before we close on this edition. Hill um, buying the program, buying the fanzine um, was part of the whole bustle of the ground outside you know you've got the hot dog man you've got um all, all the various points of contact it's like the the seven stations of the cross listeners you know you, you do this you got this you got this and that's one more thing that's no no longer there now uh the fanzine scene has kind of largely died away and now to the the match day program um yeah, that was actually Saturday night sorted, really, wasn't it? If you, yeah, if you had kids and you had to go home after the game and read the program, <laughs> yeah, we read the program and the fanzine. Yeah, the train yeah. on the way home and yeah, fanzine was an alternative view, wasn't it? It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was certainly very lively. I can remember. Well, it I could get very lively. It was like the internet, Neil. Yeah. People would say the forbidden on there, wouldn't they? Yeah, I can um, remember a couple of interviews with Reg Burr. One of them was after. <laughs> yeah, it was actually after he'd stood down in chairman and not, and not long before he died. He revealed all. That was in TL, uh, Lion Wars, TLRs, we would call Yeah, it. and he was still as he was still Reg, wasn't he? Still had something to say, but he but certainly did. And I can remember I can remember uh, did Bertram write a column? I think Birch did. They they got in touch with players were far more accessible. You've you've made this point, Neil. In your journalistic days, you could just talk to a player, couldn't you? You, you didn't have to yeah. go through a press office. You could and ring them up. That, yeah, and that column that Birch wrote, slaughter Denzel, Tim <laughs> Cahill. <laughs> he absolutely and but it was entertaining. You bought it just to read what nonsense. <laughs> and especially the away match reports <laughs> and things like that. They were so one-eyed where the referee got a rating and got slated. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I, I loved the Lion Roars. It was my my um, magazine of choice. Um, died died away in, in, in the end. It, uh, all things come to an end, listeners, and so did TLR, but it was wonderful when it's hey, Daniel, I think. Um, so it's a match day programme and yeah, and I, here I, we are. I, I just think it will be a death nailing your match day experience. I hope, I hope they produce something like a team sheet. And funny enough, I was going to say, um, Billy uh, Taylor in his reply back to my message mentions that, um, where is it? Duh, 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 duh. Um, we are looking at alternatives such as a free team sheet which can link to pre match content, etc. So 
a team sheet where we may we may come full circle now with, with a team sheet. We may come all the way back to OBK Gill's correct card. Um, and in fact, there's an idea, Billy. If you're listening, mate, call it um, Taylor's correct card and give away a free team sheet. Uh, maybe at the uh, at the turnstile as you go through, so you get a team. Yeah, sheet. we give them away on the continent. You go to games in France, and not all clubs. Yeah, there's only a handful of clubs that produce anything like yeah. a match day program. It's generally team sheets or yeah. printed bits of paper with the teams on it, basically. I think that would be a great idea. Um, if you're listening, Bill, call it Taylor's Billy's Billy's correct card and give it away on the turnstile because I think it would be nice to um, a memento of some sort for games. Neil is is a is a valuable thing. It actually has a long term value that is hard to hard to um, you know hard to beat in that way. There we are. Um, rest in peace, the Millwall Match Day program. If you've bought the one for the the Peterborough game. Some made this point on Mill Online. I was reading earlier. Then congratulations, you own the one of the last Mill programs ever printed. So, and if you were lucky enough to play in the fan game, that that I believe there's a team. There we are. Yeah, oh. the team. There's the future. We saw the future in the Mill fan game on on Tuesday. <laughs> Stick it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> a formative part of my match going experience. I think I'm going to conclude this this uh, RIP match day program episode there. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for uh, joining me. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.